Voice of the Bombers, one-on-one with Mike O'Shea, the Bombers Coaches Show on 680 CJOB. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the show. Monday night, 7.05. Here we are with the coach, Mike O'Shea. The phone lines are open, 780-6868. You can text us at the same number, 780-6868. So as I was explaining to Richard and Will a few minutes ago, as I drove up to bomber practice today, there's this lonely figure walking across the end zone with a muscle shirt on and his arms hanging at its side. And lo and behold, it's Matt Nichols. And I thought, first of all, that's a good sight. Uh, to see that he doesn't have his arms strapped up or anything like that. And he had a big smile on his face, and he watched the whole practice and uh, kidded around with some of his teammates. Mike O'Shea, I'm sure a lot of that pleased you. Oh, yeah. I mean, um, dealing with uh, a pro like Matt um, in these situations is is real easy. He's um, fantastically tough and determined, and, uh, you know, he's... He's suffered a few setbacks in his career, and he's managed to come out on top of all of them. So uh, I see this as no different. So the official word on his injury, repeat it, please, if you don't mind, from what you told uh, the media today. Upper body, on the sixth game for now, evaluate again in four to six weeks. Okay. And um, what level would you say your optimism is at that he'll be out no longer than six weeks? Oh, hi. I mean, as I just said, he's, um, that smile you see on his face, he, it doesn't really leave him. He's, he's an extremely hard worker. And uh, as I said, he's, he's been in these situations before and worked his way back very quickly. He's, uh, you know, he's just able to do that. So I'm not, uh, I'm always optimistic with Matt and there would be on, you know, there would be some players that I would be less optimistic with that just don't display the same um, hunger, desire, yep. ability to to get through situations. So, based on what you know, is it conceivable he could be out longer than six weeks? Uh, yeah, I don't think so. I think that'll be. I think we'll know in four to six. You know, and and I think he'll. Uh, I just know how hard he works, and I know <laughs> I know that he'll he'll do everything he can. He wants to play, uh, and wants to play now. So it's uh, that's not possible. But so, yeah, so, and some people heal faster than others. I think his healing rate would be fairly rapid, based on what we've seen. Yeah, I don't know that you can measure those, no. you know, scientifically, but I think that is absolutely the case. Uh, pain thresholds are, are absolutely different from one person to the next, you know, how much they can tolerate. So um, people's work rates are different, you know, how much they can just keep working at something to 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 get it better. So, uh, you know, in any of these situations, any athlete that's injured, their, their desire to get in the, in the treatment room and work and stay focused and positive through that process, um, that's a lot of what determines you know how the how the, what the outcome is or the length of time for sure because it really is uh, when a guy comes back early it's it's the trainer and the player getting together and putting in time and mm-hmm. just hammering away the, yep the body takes a certain amount of time to heal for certain types of injuries you know bones take six weeks whatever yeah. you know yeah. um, so when guys come back uh, in a in a 
in a good timing, good timing, it's because they've worked hard and mm. the trainers facilitated that, but they put in a lot of work. Yeah. Um, the hit by the defensive end of the BC Lions, Sean Lemon, on Matt. Now, I ask you this, we talked about this before the show. Doug Brown on our postgame show said, in the NFL, that would have been a penalty. Now, the rules are different down there because Lemon kind of wrapped Matt up with his arms and, and then put his full body weight on him. Did you have any problem with the hit? No. no. These are our rules. I mean, you could go the other way, too. I think, I don't know what it's it's like this year or last year. I know they changed uh, the, the, the contact with the quarterback last year. Mm-hmm. But up until then, you could still uh, horse collar a quarterback in the pocket, which seems very odd. <laughs> You know, so yeah. it's it's it goes it goes on one side sits on one side of the fence in in one instance and on the other in another instance. So based on our rules and stuff, I'm I'm okay with the hit. I'd always be okay with that hit. That's fine. One man's bad luck is another's opportunity. So Chris Streveler, take your turn at bat, eh? Yeah, and he's had opportunities, and we play him in games, and he he has a lot of experience, and and. Uh, as I always say, he hasn't been waiting for his opportunity. He's been checking into work every single day and and staying late and 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 sticking to he hasn't deviated from his process you know since he's since he arrived um and i said if you you know going back to when he first showed up and you you see him through training camp you realize for such a young guy he is he is wise about being a pro um but what it's going to take he has that that sort of wisdom already which you know you sh- you you would say can't be gained at such a young age, but somewhere he's learned that this is what it's going to take and that work ethic is there. And um, so he's always displayed that, which gives you a lot of trust as a coach mm-hmm. when you see a guy that's able to learn and is putting in the time to learn and takes instruction coaching very well. And then you add in his athletic ability, um, you know, his, uh, you know, his, his, desire to fulfill the role he was in and and now the desire again to fill this role you know so his role has changed um but he's always been prepared for for this role it's different when you're the number one guy you think he'll handle it okay no concerns about that no concerns yeah the fact that he was started the first three games of last season i mean that sort of experience has got to be worth its weight in gold wouldn't you think i think experience is is uh the number one key, right? And 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 he he got a ton of experience, and he gets a lot of experience um, in the season, you know, more so than a lot of guys um, behind the starter would would get. So he 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 does. He's he's gotten, uh, you know, I don't I wouldn't say he's flush with experience, but boy, he's gotten a lot more than a lot of other guys in yeah. his position. Yeah. All right, let's go to the phone lines. We got lots of them. Gary, you're on the coach's show with Mike O'Shea. Go ahead. Hi guys! A shout out to uh, Gord and his wife Tony in Florida. They were at the game on Thursday. We had a great time until about nine minutes left in the fourth quarter, and we all know why. Uh, I'm hoping that uh, uh, Nichols uh, can make it back, you know, for the playoffs because uh, he's uh, led the team to a seven and two record, and we deserve. Uh, uh, some success. Unfortunately, it seems like there's a black cloud over the CFL this year with seven quarterbacks, starting quarterbacks knocked out. 
uh, I would imagine it looks like a separated shoulder, but I just hope that this doesn't uh, hold them back, you know, for the coming up years. I have one question for you, Coach. I know you, according to the media, you reached out to uh, Kevin Glenn and to come back. He said no. Are there any other people that may be Lule from BC, or is what kind of shape is Buck Pearson? <laughs> in case you need him. Yeah, we've heard that a few times too. Yeah, um, and I have no doubt that Buck could do it. Uh, you know, but I'll say this: we, we, the uh, Kyle and his staff are, are are working hard and and making sure that they leave no stone unturned. But um, I won't get into details of, of no, who, naturally who not. And, but you know, we're all all the fans are behind you. It's a shame, you know, this happened. Uh, unforeseen you have no control over that but who would have thought looking at you know the nf or cfl stories from last year that toronto makes a trade to bc for sean lemon and he ends up you know devastating us you know it's a freak thing but well, uh, well there's nothing you can do about that can you that's yeah, sports devastated is a big word we're not devastated we're well, we're preparing yeah. to win this game so oh i and i understand yeah. you, i understand but you know uh you know the re- reality you're a positive coach but sometimes you got hey this is reality but Hey, hopefully, as long as we make it to the playoffs, we've always got a chance, right? All right, Gary. Hey, appreciate the call as always. And Gord listens to your games and the show all the time. He loves you, Bob. Wow, that's very nice. Gord's in Florida, you said. Yeah, and now we're out of Orlando. All right. Hi, Gord. Uh, He's been living down there for 25 years. Okay. Thanks, Gary. Appreciate the call as always. Okay. By the way, Buck Pierce threw a couple of long bombs in practice today. Coach O'Shea. He always does. <laughs> he always does. Don't start reporting that. I guess he always that's does. True. Oh, that was not unusual? Is that what you're no, saying? No, it's not unusual. Yeah. He throws every practice. Yeah, okay. 780-6868. Those of you on the phone lines, hang on. We'll get to you when we come back. The Coaches Show with Mike O'Shea on 680-CJOB. The Bombers Coaches Show on 680-CJOB. And welcome back. Let's get to the phone lines, and we'll get some texts on, too. Lots of them here. John, you're on the Coach's Show with Mike O'Shea. Go ahead, John. Hi, Coach. Uh, congratulations on another win last week. Uh, I'd also like to congratulate Andrew Harris on becoming the greatest Canadian to ever do it. It's a, it's a big deal. And uh, when he passes a uh, few other players here on the list, it's, it's going to be very exciting. Um, one thing you've always done a good job coaching is getting depth on this team. Uh, I have full confidence in Strebler and the guys around him. They're going to get it done this week. I'm actually pulling into Edmonton as we speak. I'm in my truck right now, so I'm going to come to the game this weekend and support you guys. i got work here all week, and I'll see you guys. My question is, though, at the halfback position, uh, going up against Greg Ellingson this weekend and his tremendous uh, ability to find and Harris to find him in the field, and we've had some injuries at halfback, and obviously communication's a big deal back there. Are we getting any players back? Do we have guys in? And, and what's your outlook uh, for this upcoming week on dealing with those two? Well, they, they do have a very complete receiving core. I'm not so sure. It's just Ellingson. You know, he, he went off on this uh, this last game or two games ago, whatever it was. And um, But... The, uh, I th- they've got depth, and and you can't forget C.J. Gable either. So, um, 
I don't know that you can focus on anyone. With regard to the halfback spot, we're good. We've uh, we had uh, Marcus Rios was uh, out of the lineup, and he's a guy that we thought highly of uh, uh, coming out of camp. So he, he's been practicing, and we'll see where that leads us. Uh, Mike Jones is uh, extremely athletic. Um, so, and then you know, I'm not ruling out uh, any of the other guys either. So I think. Uh, We'll have lots to choose from, and and guys will practice in those spots, and and we'll make a good decision uh, come roster setting time. Okay, John. Thank you. Thanks for the call. That uh, passing game of theirs can look pretty slick, can it? It certainly did the other night against Toronto. Oh yeah, they complete a high percentage of balls, and and certainly um, spread the ball around, as I said, and they they chunk up a bunch of yards, so. Thought they were very effective this last game. They were very good in the red zone, too. Uh, here's a text. Hi, Bob. Hi, Mike. With Nichols out for a few games and Strevler in, how much have you and Paul Apolise changed the offensive game plan to take advantage of Strevler's abilities? Well, let me just set the record straight. I wouldn't be changing the game plan. You know, that would be uh, a Lapo and Buck and and Marty and Berg's type of conversation. And and Chris Treveller can handle uh, the full plan. He's that's what he's here for is to is to run the offense. So um, I don't I don't expect anything else. Coach, uh, what happened on BC's opening play in the second half where Duran Carter threw a fifty six yard completion to uh, Durant? How do we avoid getting beat on a play like that? Well, I mean, there was a couple mistakes, right? When, there's certain per- parameters and rules we talk about, and and I think everybody forgot them on that play. So it turned into a big play. I think what what's important is that our guys, after a play like that, they chased them down and stopped them from scoring, mm-hmm. uh, tried to get the ball out, it didn't come out. Now they've got to roll up their sleeves and go to work and hold them to three at the most. So it's disappointing that we gave up a touchdown after that two plays later. So I think the guys... Uh, Buckled down after that, and uh, or woke up, whatever you want to call it. The pick by Willie Jefferson, which to me was a massive play. You're up by two at that point, and he drops into coverage. And Mike Riley, poor Mike Riley, yeah, poor Mike Riley. Uh, I don't think I ever saw him, and he makes that. He lifts those big arms of his up in the air. <laughs> that was quite the play, wasn't it? Yeah, Mike Riley's not poor. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> far from it. Far from it. Yeah, uh, no, it was a great play, Willie. Uh, Put himself in a great position, um, and you know he disguised it a little bit, and then got back and in, into a great spot. Uh, you know he can senses or knows where that receiver is going to be, and uh, plucks the ball out of the air with those soft hands he's got at being a receiver, former receiver. And I think he was going to try and pitch that ball so we could have scored, but I don't know what. Uh, Got some good yardage, though. We got over 30 yards, I think. Well, we asked him on our post-game show if he thought he was going to score, and he said he thought he did. As soon as he caught it, he thought he was going to score, but then Riley came over and had other ideas. Yeah. <laughs> but that was quite the play, for sure. Great R- play. Yeah. Richard, you're on the coach's show with Michael Shea. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm kind of upset with this organization. And let me, let me be more specific. Uh, uh, I read in the paper, your guys are going after Glenn or uh, Willie. The last person I want to see play on this field is Willie. I suffered watching this guy play. I saw how he played in Toronto. 
So my question to you is, if if you're so gung ho on Strebler, what do you, what message are you sending to Strebler when you're going to go out and you're going to bring in some of these old has-beens? Okay, Richard, let him respond to that. I think the the message is simply this: you're crazy if you think that you're going to uh, not bring in a third quarterback. I mean, you're you're one injury away again from being down to one, so you have to get another one. And if we bring a guy in with completely zero experience and no uh, training camp in our play with our playbook, uh, you're not setting up your team for success. And and the entire team understands that even though Matt Nichols is out, they expect to win and they expect the decisions to be made from from the top to be good decisions that allow us to win football games. So um, I think the one of the things we looked at was bringing in an experienced a veteran quarterback, you know, so that doesn't mean that Chris Treveller isn't the starter and doesn't mean that Sean McGuire is not the, not the next guy in. It just means that the smart play is to bring a guy who's seen CFL defenses, who's throwing passes, throwing touchdowns in the CFL. That makes the most sense because your team is counting on you to do that. Will you have somebody in here this week or next week? Yeah, not, we're working on it. Yeah. Yeah. But you would prefer a guy who's who's played some games rather than a kid who would be yeah. starting from scratch. Uh you know, I I think that once again that's a that's a smart way to look at it, but we'll also investigate all the other opportunities too mm-hmm. that we'll get from this. So. Yeah. Okay. Brian, you're on the coach's show with Mike O'Shea. Go ahead, Brian. Hi guys. I have a question for each one of you. Uh first question for you, Mike. When you put Strebler in the second quarter where you had the interception causing points or giving up points, I was okay with that because it was good to get both quarterbacks in a game just in case um, Nichols goes down, and now we're going to see how Trevor does. Before this game, how many reps did Trevor get compared to Nichols in practice? Oh, geez. Uh, in practice? Uh, I guess if there was 10 reps, uh, he would be probably at three, four, maybe. Probably three. I'm trying to think. Yeah, probably 30%. Around there, I'd have to look. I have to go back and practice plans and look. Brian, I'm going to get. Have to get I'm going to get you to hold on because we have to break here for a news update. But we'll put you back on. You can ask your second question when we come back. Okay. The Bombers Coaches Show on 680 CJOB. We'll go back to Brian, our caller. Before we had to break, Brian, you had one other question to ask. Yeah. Um, remember before the tickets went on sale for that NFL game here? Yeah. You said that this is going to sell out. I think that is a combination of price and interest that they haven't sold that many tickets. But if the Vikings were playing, maybe they may have so much more tickets. What's your take on that lack of ticket sales? Well, it's the prices of the tickets. I never said the game would sell out. When I heard the prices, I thought the promoter had lost his mind. Oh, before I mean, before we even knew what the prices were, you said this is probably going to sell. Out. Well, I thought it would sell out if the or come close if the if the tickets were reasonably priced. Yeah, I thought the novelty of it, the the once in a lifetime business, but. When I heard the ticket prices from two hundred to four hundred plus, yeah, I guess, I guess I think I know Winnipeg pretty well, and I that wasn't going to fly. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's over overpriced and overrated to me, but well, it's a preseason game. Yeah, that too. Yeah, maybe it might have been more interesting for a regular season. Well, yeah, you'll never see a regular season game here anyway. It just I'm yeah, not surprised it hasn't sold out, and it's it's entirely the ticket prices, in my opinion. Even they drop prices down, they may sell more tickets. Well, but, they're trying to scramble now and get some more people in there. But uh, yeah. anyway, we'll see. Okay, Brian. Okay. 
Thanks for the call. Linda, you're on the coach show with Michael Shea. Go ahead, Linda. Oh, yeah, me? <laughs> um, I was phoning. I, I'm really disappointed in the fans talking about uh, uh, getting uh, Drew Willie and uh, Kevin Glenn and all in back. Gives, gives Trevor a chance. I mean, really, it's also the coaching staff that has to do with that. Uh, get him more passing and... Uh, Rather than scrubbing, he is a good scrubber. You got to admit that. Well, Linda, just a minute. Let I want Mike O'Shea to make it clear here on the quarterback situation with this club right now. Chris Strebler is your guy, right? Yeah. Right. I absolutely hundred percent. Yeah, so, I I'm hundred percent all in on Chris Strebler. Also, <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't negate the fact that you need another quarterback in house. Okay, what about Sean McGuire? Is he doing anything? Absolutely, he's ready to go. So uh, well, that said, you got to have them all ready to go. They are ready to go, but and you still need a third. And that's police and all you guys. <laughs> absolutely. It falls on us, for sure. But you absolutely still need a third quarterback. And it's, it's, it, it really would be foolish to think that you're going to find a young guy uh, who hasn't played in the CFL that will learn the playbook without a training camp and be ready to play in a very short time. That's, yeah, but that's not going to happen. No, this is what I don't understand. How come... They're not learning throughout the whole training and the whole season. Well, they are. They are learning, Linda. I think Mike has said that, and and the two guys here now, he's he thinks can go in there and do a job. Okay. Oh, okay. I'll I'll live with that for a week or two. All right. <laughs> thanks, Linda, Linda. Thanks for the call. Uh, Richard says huge Nichols fan, but given the injury, this can give Strevler a lot of quality starts. There was a quarterback, Kerry Joseph, who was very similar to Chris and had a nice career. Trusting in the process. Good luck, Coach. Would you compare Strevler's game at all to Kerry Joseph? Nah. No? I, no, I I don't know. I'd have that's a long time ago. That's a long time ago. I played with Kerry Joseph. I don't I can't really remember his game. Well, he was a good runner. Yep. Uh good arm. Won a great cup. I don't know. I I guess there are some some similarities, but you're not prepared to no. Make, make that comparison. No. Chris Streveler's his own man. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Coach, how do you feel you can use Streveler's arm to your advantage? It seems when he's in, he's always running a read option or just taking off and running. So I think what this guy's saying, and I, I think the jury would be out to some degree on Chris in terms of his passing based on his own comments at training camp. Um, you, are you confident he can go out there and Absolutely. throw the ball and not not have to be running oriented? Uh, well, he can do it all. So yeah. I think there's different potentials there uh, for Chris Traveler to um, use his his athletic ability and and still pass the ball downfield. So uh, I, we're quite confident. I mean, Chris said himself he, what he wanted to work on in the offseason. He comes back into training camp and he. He executes the plays, runs the playbook well. Um, you know, there there isn't anything that, that we're looking at in the playbook that we say he can't read and, and complete and, and run as an offense. So the book's open to him, and, and you know, this is an exciting time for him. And, and I tell you what, it's it's uh, one of those situations, and, and Chris has said it himself, you know, you don't like how you get these opportunities, the human side. You still feel for the guy that you're working beside every single day, but he's bound to determine to go in and win football games for us, which is what the quarterback's in charge of doing. Uh, here's a text. I'm surprised we don't use Chris Matthews more. A tall, big-body receiver. He should be used like Rodgers. is used by Calgary near the end zone. 
Um, we get this question. We've got it the last few weeks, Mike, but he had a big play the other night, and it seems it seems more and more like he's becoming a, a guy who can do some big things for you. Yeah, I think he's, um, you know, he missed a lot of training camp, and then he went out again uh, for a little bit. I think he's um, worked his way back into uh, looking like a receiver that's had a whole training camp and, and a bunch of games under his belt. So that's a good thing for us. How about Colin Kaepernick coming to Winnipeg? There's a text. Well, we'll pass on that. Um, I want to ask you about Marcus Sales, who blocked a kick the other night and blocked 13 in his college career. Is that right? I think that's the number. Yep. 13 in his college career. Does he have some special knack for doing that? Yeah. There's, and if there's, it is, what is it? There's lots of guys that cannot block kicks. You can get them free to the punter in time, and they won't block it. Um, can't block it, whatever that is. So he does definitely have a knack. If you block 13 kicks in college, uh, you have a knack. Now, um, he's blocked three with us so far in two years. Derek Jones has blocked a bunch of kicks. He was a guy that we sort of identified as able to do it and understanding how to do it. And now, you know, there's been other guys we have that 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 have it figured out. You know, Shane Gauthier's got one. Um, you know, Mike Miller can block kicks. Uh, you know, there are, there are guys that can that can do it. But yeah, he's he's certainly got a knack. The way he was. Beside the punter and reached the one hand out and took yeah. it, took it sort of casually off his foot yeah. a little bit maybe a little bit further than off his foot so um, that kind of hand eye coordination at speed when he's running at speed like that and contorting his body so he didn't hit the punter uh, boy he's just a, a terrific athlete um, I've said this before he's such a good kid to work with. He wants to be good, and he wants to work hard at it, and he is naturally good anyway. Yeah. Um, so, you, you know, I think Boo did a good job of, of scheming that up and putting him in a position, and, and you know, when he was presented the opportunity, he made the most of it, and he's proven he's done that before. So uh, a nice scoop and score, too. The ball sort of bounced right back up onto his hip, and he jogged into the end zone and then right through the tunnel. Mm-hmm. He has great closing speed. Uh, as a DB yep. on receivers. He really brings the hammer down, doesn't he? Oh, he does. You watch him hit. He he unloads. He fully uncoils his hips and everything on guys. doesn't happen all the time, but when he gets his shots, he'll take them. Did you see or were you aware of any of the emotion that Andrew Harris displayed after it was announced in the stadium that he had broken the record for yards from scrimmage? Because we all got a good look at it from up in the press box and uh, it was, uh, it kind of, well, I, I got kind of emotional just talking about it. It was such a neat moment, you know, for an athlete to enjoy. And he's, he, he was, he said he really got, got to him more than he thought it would, but it was really nice. I thought. Yeah. I didn't really see it. Uh, notice it during the game, uh, maybe a little different focus. I did go up and congratulate him, but, yeah. uh, I did see it on replays, um, I think it's great. The emotion, you know, it's important to him. I think uh, sometimes, you know, as pro athletes, you don't you don't really um, take the time to appreciate uh, what's going on. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes you need to step back and and even for a brief moment, um, enjoy it a little more. 
You know, I think we go through uh, careers very humble and um, which is, I think, a, a, an excellent thing. Um, but I like the fact that, uh, and I do believe that guys should probably try to enjoy it a little more because it just doesn't last forever. Yeah. Nobody enjoys the game from what I can see more than Willie Jefferson, who runs around like a little kid out there on, on just about every play. <laughs> Do you think that's infectious? Is, is that absolutely, good stuff? Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. He is, I've said this before, he, he's having fun. I watched him early on in the in our time together here this year. I watched him doing push-ups after practice with the defensive front. And... I thought, boy, he, I think he can do push-ups all day. Not because he's strong. Or just because if they said, let's do push-ups all day, he'd think, that was great. I'm going to do push-ups all day. You know, he uh, he does have fun. Um, I've I've talked about this before. He, he, he's, a, he's a good leader. He's smart. He understands the game. He, he's committed to being better. Um, and he's committed to helping his teammates. He's always, you know, doing, you catch him doing things and you're like, oh. The guy's working with the receivers after practice on the jugs machine for 25 minutes. He's not catching footballs. He's not shooting the footballs. He's sitting there with an arm shield trying to distract them so they have more focus catching footballs. Mm. 25 minutes. And really no benefit except he's helping his teammate, which I think um, it's almost expressing gratitude, you know, for what they're doing. Uh, and I think it carries people a long way. And so I, I really love his attitude. And I think it is infectious. I think we've got a few more guys that I look at that when I've started to realize who they were because they're new to our team, I'm like, boy, that guy's just a, just a kid out here. He loves it so much. And, um, and not like they play like a young kid, immature, taking penalties, making mistakes. They're pros. They play the game at a high level, but they don't lose sight of the fact that they're having so much fun. 780-6868. We'll be back with the Coaches Show with Michael Shea on 680 CJOB. The Bombers Coaches Show on 680 CJOB. Okay, welcome back. A text from Frank. Uh, hi, Coach O'Shea. I'm amazed at our fan base. Last week, everyone wanted Matt out. Now Matt is out and everyone turns chicken. I don't know what Frank means by that. Anyway... Let's not forget how we won the last seven games, special teams and defense, as well as solid offense. And then uh, there was another one along that line. I can't believe all those fans that don't want an experienced backup quarterback. I totally agree Totally agree with Mike when he says we need someone with some CFL experience. Like Mike said, we're one injury away from only having one quarterback smarten up people. Uh, let's see where else we got here. Coach, hey, Coach, can you speak to Tiadric Hansen's role on those defensive snaps and how he's improved throughout the year? Yeah, I spoke on um, um, post-game or the, yeah. the following day or whatever. Show. Yeah, he's, he's done well. Um, he's really uh, leaned on um, the coaches and especially his teammates uh, to just – for information and for uh, extra work practice wise he's uh i think he's probably hit up everybody and it seems like um back along the lines of that idea of learn best by teaching i think guys gravitate towards him and his situation and saying okay here's a guy who's got tremendous athletic ability size strength uh he's gotten faster he's gotten quicker um and he needs to uh speed up the process of becoming a 
a pro football player in North America, not in Germany. Mm. And so guys have given him everything they can uh, to help him out. And, and what he's done is he's taken everything he can from these guys, which is, is great because you get some guys in that, that as a young guy choose not to listen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and then you get some guys in that'll listen and do it all, but don't have the ability to put it on the field. And Teatric Hansen, all he's done is taken all the coaching and worked um, before and after practice to be able to put it on the field and it's showing up. And he's still got uh, a, a lot of room to improve, but he basically had a two-sack night, caused a fumble on one, and then yeah. had another one that got called back for a penalty um, with an offside call, just offside, by the way, but uh, and it wasn't him that was offside. So, um, you know, he said something in an interview about, you know, he basically understands his shouldering the weight for global players, you know, but he wants to be just a teammate. And, mm-hmm. and I think he's achieved that. Yeah. I think all three of our guys, uh, global players, have really just assimilated into the culture and they're good football players. They, they know football, which is impressive. Brooke, you're on the Coach's Show with Mike O'Shea. Go ahead, Brooke. Oh, hi. I just have a quick question. Uh, we're a season ticket holder for many, many years, and I've been in the medical field for many years. And I just wonder why uh, us, the, the season ticket holders and others, uh, are never, ever allowed to know what the injuries to to the players are. Like, uh, uh, really, upper, upper, upper body, upper shoulder. Uh, uh, is it a torn rotator cuff? Is it a separated shoulder why is it a secret why why are we not allowed to know the exact the exact injury okay breck well let's let mike o'shea explain why he doesn't divulge more details about injuries well well it's not just me bob i don't think anybody does i don't think it's in the best interest uh of the team we we take that very seriously that the medical information from players will be kept in-house um you know there is a, a a part of it that says uh, the opposition, you really don't want the opposition having a good understanding of what's going on with your players. So, um, yeah, but the, the, the fallout, opposition already knows that he's gone for at least a month or more. So does it matter if, 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 if it's a separated shoulder or a torn rotator cuff or whatever it is? Uh, what does it matter what the injury is? He is being out for four to six weeks. And we, the fans, who pay all their salaries, would really, I feel, have the right to know. Okay. Well, let him answer that, Brooke. Thank you. Well, I I do appreciate that that you would feel that way, that you would feel you have the right to know. But we we take a a lot of information um, on a daily basis, and we, we keep it within the confines of our team as you know, privileged information as being part of our team. So we do think the fans are a big part of our team. I just, I'm not sure. Um, well, yeah, we pay the salaries. Yes, I know. I know. And we're very grateful for that. Um, I don't know that how. I just don't get it. I don't, yeah. I, you know, I just don't get it. It's like a secret. It's, oh, we it know is it's a secret. shoulder. We thought we saw the whole thing. But, I mean, there's a million things can go wrong with the shoulder. I've, I've been um, in the medical absolutely field. Absolutely, a million. So. Um, it's just really, it's, it's not in the player's best interest. We're going to do, and he's not even wearing a sling. We're going to do whatever we can. Um, we're going to do everything in the best interest of the player, you know, for the player. 
and we don't ever believe that it's in the best interest of the player to have your injury information out in public. Okay, Brooke, we'll leave that there. John, you're on the coach show with Mike O'Shea. Go ahead, John. Yes, uh, the uh, the Bombers have won seven games, and uh, if the Bombers falter uh, from now from, for a while, uh, wouldn't wouldn't uh, wouldn't uh, uh, last place in the East look uh, look attractive right now? Wouldn't wouldn't we wouldn't we be uh, like suitable the, for a last place in, in the East? The crossover uh, you're saying for the crossover, yeah, crossover playoff yeah. spot? I'll let I'll let uh, Bob and Mike both comment on that. What they what they see in that because because well, right now well, there, there's going to be a crossover almost for sure uh, yeah. from west to east. But uh, I know the Bombers' idea is to finish first and get the the Western final here, and I expect yeah. Mike might agree with that. Yeah, and the, yeah, but, but if they falter, you there's know, a fact. No, we, we're not planning for that. We're no. planning to win uh, going forward. There's a reason why we're we have the record that we do um, yeah. because you know all three phases have have contributed to winning football games. So um, I don't, don't discount us. I think there's, there's a, from some other callers and text messages here, there's the, the feeling uh, of a bit of doom and gloom and there's no one in our clubhouse, not even Matt Nichols that Mm -hmm. is, that is feeling that Um, there's still uh, Mm -hmm. a a great desire to win every football game and belief uh, that we will. Um, And there's also the added fact, if you want to go, the crossover way that there's no, there has not been a team that's crossed over that's ever been, uh, that's ever won the Grey Cup. So, yeah. Yeah. John, uh, we're going to leave that there. Yeah. So you're saying that you don't ever plan to falter. That would well, never hey, be in I think your plan. Faltering question. would never be in your plan. Fal- faltering would be something. We, no, we would never plan <laughs> to falter. But That's what yes, I figured. And yeah. faltering would never be in our plans. Gotcha. We'll Both come ways. Back, we'll come back next Monday with another edition of the Coach Show with Michael Shea on 680 CJOB.